Hello, it's Beth Kempton, author of Freedom Seeker and founder of Do What You Love. Welcome to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. If you're new here, you can find out more about me and my work at bethkempton.com. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles is a place for brave stories, real inspiration, actionable advice, and great conversations. So many of us build lives that end up trapping us, chasing the kind of success that doesn't actually make us happy, until one day we eventually realize that enough is enough. We want to do things our way. We want to manifest our own happiness. We want to escape, make our own rules, and fly free. Because deep down we know it's in flying free that we fulfill our true potential and we really come alive. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles podcast is a regular dose of escape elixir to reignite that desire and light the way. I define freedom as the willingness and ability to choose your path and live life as your true self. In this podcast, the stories will inspire that willingness. And in my book, Freedom Seeker, you'll find all the tools you need for that ability. The rest is up to you. If you haven't yet read my book, you can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all good independent bookstores. It's the perfect companion to this podcast. And if you've read it and you're here for more inspiring stories, welcome friend, you're in for a treat. So let's dive in. Josie Adams runs a successful mobile coffee business from a converted Canadian ski gondola together with her partner, Tom Stegall. As self-described coffee nerds, travel junkies and snow enthusiasts, they take the coffee gondola all over Europe. Josie is one of the people I interviewed for my book, Freedom Seeker, and there was so much I loved about her story that I thought I'd invite her onto the show to tell us all the juicy bits we couldn't fit into the book. Hi, Josie. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bear. Thanks for having me. I was so happy to bump into you guys at the How the Light Gets In Ideas Festival in Hay on Wye in Wales some time back. Mm-hmm. And I came to you guys for an early morning coffee. I think I was the first to come and I did not expect to hear an amazing story get served up with my <laughs> cappuccino. Um, but it, it was it was so good to be able to include you in Freedom Seeker. And we really want to dive deeper into your story today. So thanks for being here. No, brilliant. I'm, I'm delighted to be. Let's start with the dream that you had that changed everything. Tell us about that. Okay, like, um, it sounds like a bit of a cringing story when I, when I relate to it back like this. But um, yeah, it, it really was the whole idea of uh, starting a mobile coffee business to serve coffee in the mountains, which was the original idea. It did, did originate from this dream that I had Um which was a bit odd. I think my partner Tom and I were, um, it was getting to the end of the summer and I guess we were um, sort of deciding what to do that winter and it was going round and round in our heads and conversations going back and forth and you know what it's like when you're just thinking about something all the time and it does sort of infiltrate (laughs) your waking and sleeping hours. Um, So yeah, I I just, I had this dream that we should sell sell coffee in ski resorts. That was the answer. Uh, coming from we wanted to carry on traveling but uh gain a bit more fulfillment from our work because we'd just be working in bars or for other people and and not on very high wages until then um we were in spain at the time and and we knew we wanted to stay on the continent if possible um so yeah just woke up in in the middle of the night and uh sort of 
said to Tom, right, I've, I've got it. This is this is it. And then, of course, the next day it seemed completely ridiculous. <laughs> so we joked, joked about it for a few weeks um, to the extent that we were actually talking about it normally. And then and then I think we just shook hands and said, right, we've, we've been going on about this for too long. Let's just let's just go for it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the idea to sell coffee in the mountains um, and have our own mobile coffee business was was from a dream. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'll just take a step back there to what you just said which I think is so true that you, you had this dream but the dream didn't come from nowhere because you'd been going round and round in circles in you know in your waking life yeah was that questions um was it that you were searching for something did you have other ideas or was it just you wanted to do something and didn't know what um I think a bit of both we had to come up with a few ideas um Neither of us know where the coffee thing came from. That was totally random. Um, neither of us were in coffee beforehand. Um, we had had ideas and were vaguely job hunting on kind of jobs in the mountains and jobs in chalets. And both of us are from a catering kind of background. So there was lots of stuff open to us, but really nothing was grabbing our attention. And the wages weren't great for, for what we felt we could be earning. Um so I guess through that, we'd been looking at things and maybe realizing that we wanted something else. Um, I don't think we realized what it was, though. And, and both of us still say to this day, we didn't start the business knowing that we wanted to um, kind of be self-employed and start a business. We, we wanted to, to just try this kind of new fun project and be independent, I think, was more the approach uh, we were going with. What kind of personalities have you and Tom got that lend yourself to going after that dream? Um, <laughs> good question. I guess uh, I guess both of us are quite open-minded. Um, uh, I, I guess we always have been because we were traveling together beforehand and we weren't phased by the idea of, you know, three months work at a time here and there. Um so I think that's quite important to to go after a dream, as it were, and to be open-minded. Um, I'm, I think, a bit more of the flitty kind of ideas. Uh, hear that everywhere, uh, get bored very quickly kind of person, whereas Tom is very stable and will kind of follow through in great detail with everything I do. So I think those two kind of personality traits match each other quite well. Um, not that we necessarily knew this that well at the beginning, but it, it kind of has worked out and we've seen that grow throughout the business. Um, Tom is fantastic with all the foundations and the and the details and really going into the important aspects of it, for example, the coffee. And he's now a fantastic coffee barista, knows everything about coffee, which I don't <laughs> have the time for. I'm not so interested in and kind of trying new things and looking forward a little bit more. So that's, I think, probably our biggest strengths in uh, in the business and especially at the beginning. So how do you take a an actual dream that is a dream and turn it into a beautiful, shiny <laughs> gondola that serves very delicious coffee? What was the timeline on that um, process? What was it for you? How long did it we take? We were extremely slow, I think. Um, from the... It must have been a year. No, it was because it was the end of the summer in 2014 uh, when we when we had the idea, and then we weren't trading at our first event until the end of 2015. Um, so I remember getting home. Well, we met my mum and dad. So we were driving through uh, Europe, and we met them. We were we were running in a race, 
um, in Italy. So we ran this race and we're having celebratory drinks afterwards. And and then it was actually my dad who came up with the idea of the gondola because um, we were raving about this new idea and they probably thought we were a bit mad. Um, but they supported all the same. And then they we were kind of suggesting what we could what we could convert, what's wacky and interesting and new. And then we saw this old gondola on the side of the mountain um, that was being kind of displayed as a relic. And dad said, right, that's it, do it in a gondola. So he said, yeah, okay. Um, so it was important to have the support from them, I think, initially. Um, and then we must have got home a week later or something. And I just remember the gondola hunt began. Um, so from, from day one, it was just looking for a gondola. That took a while. Uh, and then we bought it and had it shipped. Um, and then from there, from <laughs> what's the practicality that you literally go on Google and say gondola for sale or? Yeah, everything you can think <laughs> of. Um, we were total newbies to it. So just just hunting um, eBay, every, everything else. We actually in the end found it, uh, our current one in an auction from Whistler in Canada. Um, so we bid for that in the middle of the night and, and won it <laughs> and then spoke to the shipping company. I guess it was just one small step at a time. We weren't terribly uh, organized in setting up this whole business step by step. We did write a business plan um, afterwards, but we weren't sort of ticking off our own tick list. We were just taking it one thing at a time, which I guess is why it took a year. Um, and then building it was obviously quite bespoke as well. So that took time as well. And how do you keep yourself kind of the eye? How do you keep your eyes on the prize when something is taking that long and I'm guessing there were hurdles along the way trying to ship something so massive from Canada, for example, mm. to the UK and all the things that come up along the way. How do you keep telling yourself it is going to work and it's worth doing it? Um, I think, I don't know, I think naturally neither of us looked into it too much. I think it, it didn't come to us as this big, sort of life-changing thing we were doing I think it was just kind of a fun project and as I as I said it was kind of one step at a time so once the gondola had arrived it was you know there was no turning back because we had this this gondola in the backyard and we had to do something with it so then it was another step another step and when we were first trading I think it then hit that actually we'd created this thing that could be our, our our job and our work I don't think it properly hit until then um, so up until then, it didn't. Tom may say differently. I mean, yes, it felt serious and and, on, uh, and real, but it wasn't. It was this kind of fun project. Um, and I just, I think neither of us have the approach that, or the attitude that if we say we're going to do something, then we then we do it. So I think we both have that approach. Sorry, um, neither of us would drop out of something, having made any step into it. If that makes sense. So when did it shift from being a fun project to being a business in your head? Do you think? Um, we both quit our day jobs in that time. Uh, so throughout the year that we were making it. Um, so then obviously we stopped, stopped having in income from anywhere else, which is when it became more serious. And then when we started, started trading and the first event we did luckily was, um, really successful. So we kind of landed on our feet a bit, um, and realized I think that just gave us a massive buzz and we were really excited and we thought okay this can this can make us money um let's let's push on <laughs> you, you say luckily but you your gondola is absolutely stunning and you're at the ski and <laughs> snowboard show right if I remember rightly so that's that, that's you, right yeah you, that you, was our opening one so you've there's clearly a lot of thought gone into you know getting really ready 
and being in the right place. I think so often entrepreneurs put things down to luck when there's a lot of of thinking and consideration that's gone on behind making that luck happen, would you say? Yeah, maybe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I guess so. We were, we were kind of, um, when we started, it was still the dream to trade at ski and snow related things to really push to get out to the mountains. Um, so we were getting in touch with any any event or organizer or anything we could remotely linked to the ski and kind of snowboarding world um so I think it was lucky that they took us on because the amount of people we we were in touch with and obviously we had nothing to show we didn't have any photos or we did but it was of this kind of sandpaper dusty weird looking thing halfway through production so (laughs) um perhaps it's luck or or just they took a liking to us when we applied to them um but yeah there was a lot of thought of initially um that went into trying to find relevant events that we we knew our, where we wanted to see our business we didn't let that slip too much and settle for anything that we thought wasn't relevant or that we wouldn't do well at or be well received at so what was it like to wake up in the mountains and go to work um pretty good cold <laughs> the last the last few months have been great because we've been really, um, really feel like we've been making some steps forward with the trading in the winter in the mountains. Um, so we've been out in Austria and it's, yeah, just totally exciting, um, satisfying to see the gondola uh, in situ in its, in its kind of original, in our dream state, really. Um, when we were making it, I remember we joked, we had this big issue of how, how to cover up the trailer wheels and and we were like, well, the dream situation is just to cover them all with snow because there'll be so much snow around. And then actually for the first time this January, we were piling feet worth of snow off the gondola to try and get to the gondola. So that was really <laughs> cool to kind of, I thought back to that initial dream and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is happening now. So it's, um, in answer to your question, I think it's just very satisfying to know that we are doing something that we fully intended to and and set out to do um because it's been really it's over a year since we've properly traded in the mountains so there's a lot of stuff going on in the uk and trying to get out there and uh etc etc so it's it took a while to get out there but it's it's been really great to see it in the mountains and what kind of reception do you have from people who are queuing up for their coffee chatting to you and seeing Um, you not just serving them coffee but seeing what you're doing as your job um mixture um I think the UK is very used to kind of wacky creation so obviously we do get a bit of notice because the ski gondola isn't that common um but uh the UK is very used to to speciality coffee and it's sadly becoming known everywhere you know you can find it in all sorts um we still like to think we're at, at kind of amongst the best on the mobile market um but it was out in the mountains where it's really exciting because they are maybe only a year into street food and they're they're way behind with their coffee as well so so having people a understand that you're english um and then start asking about coffee and then start kind of figuring out what you are and and taking a warming to you and appreciating what you're doing is is really cool it's really exciting um and again just adds to that that uh, kind of satisfaction factor I think nothing beats it when you have appreciation and and you have warmth from another person for doing what you're doing I think that's that tops it 
I mean, I did think when I was um, watching you guys from a distance at the festival after we'd had a chat and before I came back to have a, a proper talk with you mm-hmm. and, and see you kind of, you're standing there in this gondola, very, very <laughs> visible to people. This is something that you've made and you it's, it's a creative enterprise that you've put out in the world. And it's, you know, thinking about when you create art or you create words and put them out in the world, you don't necessarily see somebody's reaction because it's out mm. in the world and they're experiencing it and they might tell you about it, but they probably won't. Whereas mm. they're there right in front of you, giving you immediate <laughs> yeah, feedback. True. And ha- yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, it's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, a lot of people are just, I guess, bemused. Um, we've become quite used to to people just stopping in the street and kind of looking at us a bit weird and then figuring <laughs> out what it is and coming over to ask questions. And it, does, it doesn't get old still, I think. I said to Tom the other day, we were saying that the day that gets old and the day we can't, you know, be bothered to tell someone about it and a little bit about the story is when we probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. But it's still fun to be uh, kind of telling people our story and, and people are still really interested. Um, so... Yeah, I think pe- people are generally pretty interested and bemused is, is the first word that comes to my mind. I think that's a really, really great piece of advice for anyone, actually. Like, if, you, if you're not interested anymore in what you're doing, then it's probably time to either think about how you're doing it or think about doing something else, right? I think sometimes we get s- stuck in a rut thinking we have to do the same thing forever mm. and we really don't um, and that that your own interest in it is a really great indicator of whether something needs yeah. to change oh, I think you're totally right um, and I don't think that's a selfish view at all uh, I think people can only be doing what they want to do because otherwise the whole thing won't give off any part of them and they're doing it if that makes sense so absolutely absolutely. If I, no, if I had no passion in the gondola anymore the gondola may lose its kind of I don't know, it's vibe a bit. For sure. If we weren't if we weren't giving off the kind of right right vibes. So let's talk about Tom, the the mm-hmm. man who you spend your life with and also your days in a very small space, um building this quite intense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, building it all together. How is that? Um, it was good. Um yeah, we work well as a team, so um I think I'm sure he puts up with a lot more from me than I do from him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was okay. I think we learned a lot about each other throughout the the building of it, which then set us up quite well to to run a business together. So I guess maybe it was a good thing that we'd had this kind of year um, actually working properly on something together. Before uh, you, were, I, you mean, because you were working as, as chefs, is that right, bef- together before? Yeah, we had done work on and off together before, mm-hmm. um, chefs and various kind of hospitality roles, but nothing where we had total control and responsibility for it. Um, you know, we're working in the same restaurants or the same villas or, or for the same company. Um, a few things we'd kind of managed ourselves, but uh, yeah, nothing quite like this that was total just us. Um, so I think it was a learning curve, but probably one that was needed if we were going to be serious about running a business together yeah um my husband and i work together at, at our company do what you love and i've we've, yeah. we've been working together for several years now and i think what seems to happen is that there's an ebb an ebb and flow in our in each of our energy and that thank goodness it seems to happen at the opposite times so there's there's mm. times when we're both you know everything's great 
But if one of us is having a dive in energy or motivation or something, the other one seems to be having an up moment. Take a lift. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and and the, that really, really helps each other to the point where um, it's it's much better than when I was doing it on my own before he joined mm. because you can explain something about your business to somebody else, but if they're not really invested in it, there's a limit to how much they understand, I think. And mm. and that's mm. been a real, you know, when I talk to people about the fact that we work together, we people often say, you know, oh my God, like thinking it's, it's thinking of the challenges first, whereas it's actually really lovely to have got to a point where we kind of know the signals of you know when we need to lift each yeah. other and, and all of that and that that I find I that's think you're great completely right does that work similar mm, with comes, you yeah exactly I can relate to all of that um I think it comes naturally when you're in a relationship to someone you know outside of work as well if someone's down then the other person kind of goes up as it were so so when that applies to work it it's not only kind of reassuring but it's also very helpful in the working environment so yeah I know exactly exactly what you mean and how do you keep things interesting outside of work what what keeps you busy and fulfilled good question we did actually we loved your bit of advice when we last saw you which was um after seven o'clock I think that was it no more work chat and and implicate a fine or something I can't admit we've been quite as strict as that but it did get us thinking um you know we're not the only ones kind of thinking this and and everyone who works together must struggle with this type of thing so um we're okay I mean I think we're still all encompassed in the work um which we're not going to try and deny because we love it and there's there's still we're at the stage of oh there's so much to do which I guess is a good thing um but yeah we do we do have strict days off um out in the mountains it's great because you can you can just go and absorb yourself in nature <laughs> for, for a day in the great outdoors, um, you know, skiing or hiking or cross country skiing, take a picnic. And that's, that's a real detachment. That's fantastic. No phones, no nothing. Um, and then back in the UK, there's, there's tons of stuff. Um, we're massive foodies. So meals out and, and just cooking. I think we do it naturally each day because we cook for each other. And um, that is kind of downtime, even if we're not necessarily, doing a different activity or chatting or you know doing something we're just we're just cooking and eating and doing something we enjoy together so that's probably one of our main things without like really realizing it (laughs) and tell me about the running because I'm always I'm someone who loves the idea of running and just cannot get into it and Paul (laughs) my husband Mr K um does a lot of running and I can see Uh the benefits that it has for him but I just can't get Mm. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'd love to hear about really what it does for you, other than keeping you super fit, because you're an ultra marathon um, runner, right? Yeah, um, and I agree that it's not for everyone. In fact, that's probably quite a healthy thing between Tom and my relationship, because he's not into running. Um, he's got much more sane hobbies which he practices, and I think that creates a really healthy balance between us, because because I can go off running, and again, it's separation, but it's also you know a different interest. Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good release for me. Um, I always have run, and uh, yeah, it's um, I just don't know what to say about it really. It's it's just kind of part of my part of my life, I guess. Um, what do you think about? Yeah. I mean, because an ultra marathon is a really long time, right? Is that like twenty four hours or something? Um, it's it's anything above a marathon distance, so they can be anything from kind of thirty miles right up to a hundred miles, and. Lots of people will walk it. Lots of people will run it competitively. It's it's a huge range um, of kind of 
ways it's done. Um, but yeah, it can be pretty pretty long <laughs> long distances and time on your feet, kind of with your own headspace. Um, so what do I think about? I don't know. I've often thought uh, it's great to kind of set aside. Oh, great! I've got two hours of running this afternoon, so I can like get all these thoughts straight in my head, and I can think about the business, and I can think about this, that, and that. But at the end of the day, you just end up blank canvassing. It's just this nice kind of without trying to sound too hippie-ish I guess it's a sort of meditation you just it just takes you to a place and that's what kind of ultra running I think is about anyway because you're you're not thinking about timing and racing you're you're just kind of you have to find yourself in this place that you stay at and you can just endure that um so yeah it really is a space of nothing I can go for hours at a time and I feel like I haven't frustratingly I haven't got anything sorted in my head that I wanted to but then I always remember that (laughs) it's because I'm in this just kind of yeah, blank, blank place. And you're, I'm sure <laughs> your head weird. sorts it out afterwards, having had the the headspace you've given it while you've been running. It's yeah, so good for you, isn't exactly. it? And sometimes it's really hard to find that space in the day. So mm. actually being out on your feet with, you know, without your phone to, to play with or whatever, mm. it, it must be so good for your brain. Oh, definitely. And Tom, I, and, and I found that for the business as well. It was as soon as the initial few months of kind of, just I guess first few months of a business setup were kind of dying down and we had space to step outside of it a bit and enjoy doing things um not completely coffee consuming it was that was when new ideas came to us and expansion and pushing the business forward and and it was so much fresher um so yeah I think it's definitely important to be able to step out um in whatever way that people like to um it all does the same thing just to to keep your mind fresh I think Absolutely. And obviously, um, Freedom Seeker is all about freedom and finding um, that place where you feel personally free, both on a day to day basis within the context of your busy everyday life, but also kind of setting yourself up for the long term to feel free Mm. with the choices you've made. What does freedom mean to you? Um, Very good question. In a nutshell, I think it's it's what you just said. uh, sorry, my friends. Sorry. Um, in a nutshell, I think it's what you just said with um, being able to set yourself up to do exactly what you want. Um, freedom to me, I guess I've always been a little bit anti-establishment. I know Tom has as well, so it's it's not being told what to do, and it's just it's just having the time to really wait and find out truly what you want to do. Um, I think that's just the personalities we are. That's how it's suited to us. Um, rather than for looking something for something different and finding that kind of thing it's just waiting to see what we truly want to do um and it's come about through this strange (laughs) uh mobile coffee business which wasn't necessarily the original idea but I think it was rooting from wanting to uh wanting to be free basically and and do our own our own thing um not kind of be governed by anyone else um the things that are important to us is travel and seeing new places and being part of kind of exciting new moving things so I guess that came out in wanting to do a mobile business um where we could see new places and meet new people etc etc um I hope that covers it (laughs) I'm not sure if that makes sense yeah yeah so do you use that to help you make decisions do you think big decisions about you know things like where you're going to live when you're not in your mobile business and those kinds of things and and what you're going to yeah. do next like how long you're likely to carry on doing what you're doing all those things 
It's a good question. I think it's it's possibly made those type of decisions more difficult in a kind of back to front way with <laughs> most normal people because everything about the business is quite loose and free and we literally do what we want when we actually have to sit down and make a decision about you know the flat that we are currently living in choosing the location for this was a headache because because it was something um that was completely opposite to everything we we do you know it was it was settling down and finding one place as it is we're only here a couple of nights a week because of business but I think we just both made a decision to we, we talk about it rationally and, and we just choose on a location that's seems nice and, and fits our needs um, for the business and our personal lives. And, and then we just go with it. But yeah, certainly those type of decisions don't come naturally to us in the way that the, the kind of more free thinking ones do, I think, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I was, I, I think it's a, a real kind of contemporary problem actually that so many of us are essentially digital nomads, but you know, our business can be run from anywhere you know our, all of our work is online or you know I'm off mm. writing somewhere and I can write anywhere and there comes with that the challenge of well where shall we actually base ourselves then especially you know we have young children they need to be you know at nursery a couple of days a week they'll eventually need to be at school so there's practicalities that you have to take into mm. consideration which are sometimes in conflict you might think with um, living a very free life but actually we we talked about this recently um, me and my husband and and realized that having an anchor actually really helps us so once you've made that decision and then like right that's our base and we can go anywhere from mm. here but come back to there I think there's I, I think there's extremes of um, how how important uh, physical freedom is for you in terms of like movement and travel and all those things and that it's almost mm. on a spectrum and I think we'd probably be in the middle with the anchor being valuable to us um mm. but the freedom also being important yeah no exactly I think you don't realize the the importance of that stability uh until you have it or maybe a year in or so and um talking about where your home is is situated yeah we certainly feel that now that we have our little flat um even though we're hardly ever there just having that kind of place where we go and it's our downtime and it's our like go and sort everything out um yeah I think it is very important and probably probably roots to being able to live a very free uh free life but still kind of keeping a keeping hold on things and (laughs) running pushing forward and making things successful yeah awesome well I'm so excited to see where it all goes for you Uh, before we go I'd love to ask you one more question which is really for Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening who has a dream that feels like a really far off thing like they'd really love to make it happen but just cannot mm. see how, like the distance from here to there is so far. What would you say mm. to them? Um, if it's a dream, I'm a strong believer in your gut. Um, and if your gut's telling you to do something, just just do it. Just just get it. Just It's never going to be as complicated as it first seems. And it's, it's never going to be as difficult or as mad. Um, I know we had so many people telling us we were mad or bonkers or just simply just avoiding us and thinking the whole thing was a bit weird for the first first six months or so. But I think you've just got to not listen to that and, and listen to your gut. I'm a strong believer in that. So if your gut's telling you you want to do something, then you should just, just get on and do it, I think. Just get on and do it. I love that. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, JC. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thank you for having me. I hope to share coffee with you in the coffee gondola soon. So that's it for this time on the Freedom Seeker Chronicles with me, your host, Beth Kempton. I was in conversation with Josie Adams from the Coffee Gondola, 
who's featured in my book Freedom Seeker. You can find out more about Josie on coffeegondola.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll take what you've heard and use it to inspire your own journey of freedom seeking. I'd love to know what resonates with you and what bold moves you're making as a result. Please share on social media. I'm at Beth Kempton on Instagram or at Do What You Love XX everywhere else. And be sure to check out my website, bethkempton.com, for more tools and resources to support your adventures. If you haven't yet read my book, the full title is Freedom Seeker. Live more, worry less, do what you love. And it's published by Hay House. Treat yourself to a copy today. It might just change your life. So until next time, fly free, my friend. Fly free.